You've got styles. You've got styles in one alpha. What were you like as a kid? Um, I would say I was very challenging, really, really hyper. I was a smart aleck, uh, as we would say. Kind of spunky. Uh, such a tomboy. What would you say your style is now? A little bit hippie-ish. Always comfortable. Matching. Timeless. I really don't have a style right now. <laughs> Can you describe your personality? On or off the golf course. Right. Awesome. Loud, very loud. Outgoing. Daring. Spontaneous. I don't want to say dramatic, but a little bit. <laughs> How do you best connect with God? through serving. When I get in my car and just turn worship music up really loud. During intimate conversations with close friends and mentors. Through His Word. In nature is where I connect with God. Um, <clears throat> so, you've got style. Uh, the question we were seeking to answer with this is, how do you best connect with God? Uh, I, I love that video. I love the guy who says awesome, and then he kind of growls at the camera. I told Brian, next time Brian's back, he's out celebrating his anniversary. I told him he has to do that before we're done with this series. So, next week, hopefully, we'll get Brian to do that for us. Uh, but I, I think it's, this has been a really uh, exciting series for me. It's been a really interesting series because we've been getting a lot of feedback and hearing how you're engaging with this and how you're kind of wrestling through some of the stuff we're talking about has been really uh, encouraging for me and exciting for me to see uh, what God's doing in your life. <clears throat> um, we've been in this for three weeks, and if you've missed anything uh, up to this point, I would encourage you to head out to our website, catch up with those messages, because this all kind of builds on itself, uh, and, and hopefully by the end of this, it'll give you enough to continue to engage with God and learn your style and how's your best way to connect with God. But really, from the beginning of this, um, we, we've been set up to, to really address the, the, the reason for Christianity. And, and the reason for Christianity is, is really this, that God loved you so much that he did something about it. That God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus, into the world to open a door so that we could walk through that door and have a relationship with him. And as we walk through that, that door of Jesus and we connect with the Father, some of us find ways to, to connect with him and some of us maybe struggle through that and have struggled through that for most of our lives and always felt perhaps inadequate or, or like we failed in that area and we don't really connect well. And that's really what we've set out to do. That's really the, the story of Christianity, that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to do something for you that you couldn't do, to open a door so that you could walk through and have a relationship with him. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this verse, and this has kind of been the theme for this series and the theme for the book we've looked at, and the verse is this, come close to God and God will come close to you. And the idea is that wherever you are, that wherever you are in life, wherever you find yourself, that if you would take a step in God's direction, even if you're here this morning and you're watching online and you're saying, Jim, you have, you have no idea where I am. I am so far gone from that. What James is telling us is that if you would just turn around and take a step back in his direction, that God loves to connect with you so much that if you take a movement in his direction, he's going to take a movement or a step in your direction and come close to you. 
That's, that's what this is all about. We, we've learned this through a book called Sacred Pathways. The author is Gary Thomas. He kind of set out from the beginning to uncover how do people connect with God, and he studied through church history. He studied uh, people's personalities, and what he discovered is just like you have personality types and there's personality profiles and personality temperaments, that there are also spiritual temperaments, that there, there are, are, if you will, spiritual ways that we've been wired to connect with God, to, to kind of grow in our relationship with God. And at Journey, our mission has always been to lead people into a growing relationship with God. So one of the best things you can do to grow in your relationship, to, to, to kind of understand who God is, is to understand your style. If you haven't taken that personality profile test yet on our website, I would encourage you to do so. Head out to journeymain.com. Uh, you can scan this if you're quick enough or if you're online. Hopefully it's there. Head out to journeymain.com. Click on that little card that says my style. Take the personality profile. I know so many of you have done it. But if you've kind of been resisting because it's like, that's not the cool thing to do, it's now the cool thing to do because the majority of people have done it. So head out there and be cool like everyone else. Learn your style and take a step in the direction of Jesus to uncover how, how have you naturally been wired. We all have styles. There's been something kind of ingrained in us from the moment we were born to connect with God, to, to grow in our relationship with him, if you will. But just like there's been styles, as we've, we heard about last week, there are also staples. There are also ways that God has kind of wired in all of us to connect with him. And last week, we talked about prayer. If you weren't here for last week and prayer is something you struggle with or perhaps you want to know a little more about, I would encourage you, listen to last week's message. I think it will be really helpful. But as we've had this talk of styles and, and uncovering what our styles are, some of you have asked me what my style is. I'm an aesthetic and an intellectual with a minor in enthusiasm. So I like simplicity and solitude. And with three kids, I got to be honest, it's really hard to find that time. I also love to study scripture and to learn more about God. And kind of my minor, I love to worship and to sing just like some of you, although you'll never hear me sing. So don't try to listen. Don't try to eavesdrop on Sunday and get close and hear. You won't hear it. <clears throat> but I love to do it. That's kind of my style. The question for you is, what's your style? And, and how have you been wired to connect with God? Uh, I've talked often about my mentor, and um, I'm going to just change his name because he's not here, and I don't want to embarrass him, but we'll call him John, for instance. Uh, we've talked about how John connects, and what's interesting is he, his way of connecting is kind of the, the predetermined way we assume to connect with God, right? He likes to wake up early in the morning at like 4.30. And I, I mean, I just can't wake up at 4.30, but he wakes up at 4.30 and he gets his coffee and gets his Bible and he gets his journal. He heads out to the front porch and he spends hours with God. He reads and he journals and he sits quietly and he thinks and he contemplates. And he, he's a, a contemplative. That, that's his style. <clears throat> What's interesting is for all of us on the outside of that, that's how we all think we should connect with God. As a matter of fact, I've heard some of you, that's how you say, well, that's how I thought I should have connected. But, but here's what I want to say. Although that seems like the right style, it's not the right style. And here's how I know it's not the right style. It's because there are places around the world where that's actually impossible. I don't know if you know this, but there are still nations in the world. There are still people, groups in the world that, that <clears throat> don't have the Bible in their language. They can't sit on a front porch and read the scripture because they literally don't have a scripture they can read. Beyond that, here's another way I know that's not the right style. is because up until just a few hundred years ago, it was impossible for people to own a copy of the scriptures. Really, it was about 1,500 years after Jesus where we, you know, the, the printing press was developed and where printing became cheap and it became affordable where people could actually purchase a copy of the scriptures and own a copy of it. So if for 1,500 years it wasn't the right way, then we know it's not simply the right way. But, but what I do know is that for many of us, that's what we assume. 
This morning, we're going to talk about Scripture. We're going to talk about the Bible and how we interact with Scripture and how we interact with, with the Bible. And what I, I think is, is true for all of us is that if we're being completely honest, for some of us, it's a struggle. Really, and this isn't just my assumption, um, I think it, for most of us, it's a struggle. I kind of live by, by the 90-10 rule, and you, you may have heard of this before, but the 90-10 rule says this, that about 10% of you have found a way to, to really connect with God, to, to grow in your relationship with God, to engage your faith and engage the scriptures and really have kind of this, this, this set way of engaging with God and engaging with the scriptures. And the other 90% of us, we just hope no one asks. It's the truth. <clears throat> maybe if we're being completely honest this morning, maybe it's more like, like 99% of us. And, and then the 99% is we kind of feel awkward. And when the conversation comes up, we, we, maybe we even lie, oh, yeah, I, I've done that, or I haven't really found a good way. I'm not really sure. That doesn't seem to work for me. I've tried that, but I can't wake up really. I've tried journaling. I don't know how to journal. Uh, I, I don't like sitting outside. I can't sit still. I need to be moving. So we never find a way. And, and then we, because we don't find a way, the ways never connect, and we end up kind of giving up on it. Well, it just didn't work for me. Maybe that, that's how other people connect, but I just, I just don't do that. You see, what's interesting is we all have a style and how we connect, but there's also a staple. And for everyone, if you're on a journey with Jesus, if you're engaging with Jesus in any area of life, Scripture needs to be a part of that. The question becomes, how? How do we incorporate Scripture into what we do, into our daily lives, into our practice, into our growing faith? If we're not like John who wakes up at 4.30 and grabs a cup of coffee and reads for a few hours, how does that work for us? And this is where the styles and the staples overlap. You have a style, but there's also this staple. God said, here's where you'll find me. You'll find me in my scriptures. How do we do it? There's a passage, there are so many passages of scripture that we could look to for reference for this. But for this morning, we're going to look at one. And the one is found in Colossians. This is written by the Apostle Paul to the church at uh, Colossia. And he, he basically starts, starts off by, by giving us, if you will, this, this idea of how to engage with scripture, how to engage uh, our faith with the scriptures, if you will. So Paul writes this to the church. He says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. He gives us this initial idea. Really, it's just, it's just one simple idea. And it starts with this verb that we want to look at. And the, the, the verb is representative of, of dwell within. He says dwell within. And if you were to kind of go back to the original Greek, the, the way that the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language and look at that word, it's actually enokeo. An en means in. Enokeo means to live. Or the noun verb of that is house. And what he's literally saying is he wants the, the, the word of Christ to live in you, or another translation says, to live in, in you abundantly. He wants it to, to dwell in you. He wants the word of Christ to be made uh, like a home, to, to have a house in you. And, and to have, have it how? But to have it richly. To have it, have it kind of be abundantly a, a, a part of you. The idea is that the word of Christ, the, the word of Scripture, should dwell within you. And that it should dwell within you. How? It should dwell within you richly. He, he takes it a step further. It just shouldn't join you, but it should go beyond that. Th think of it like renting a beach house. Some of you rent a beach house, or maybe you, you rent a house on a lake, and it's gorgeous, and you enjoy your time there, but after a few days, you have to pack up and leave because it's not yours. God said, it, it, it's kind of like this idea with Scripture. I, want, I don't want you to kind of rent it. 
I want you to own it. I, I want it, like think of like Tony Stark Beachside Mansion. I want you to own it and I want you to, to, to I want it to be rich and lavish. I, I want it to be yours and I want it to be huge and I want it to be part of who you are and part of your faith and part of your walk. I want the words of Christ to dwell within you richly. And if you're anything like me, that sounds great. But the next question is, how? How does the word of Christ richly live in me? I'm going to give you, I think there's really two parts to this. I think that there's this, this public side of it and there's this private side of it. There's this, this public exposure part. And, and if you will, we're going to uh, use this visual aid. And I, I want this to be this little vase of water to be representative of the scripture, the word of Christ, the, the Bible, the Holy Bible, whatever you've been taught to call it. This is the scriptures as we know it. And, and as the scriptures kind of pour into this bowl, I, I want you to get this idea that, that there is, the scriptures need to be poured out and we need to be receiving it. Paul actually talks about our faith and how our faith grows by, by hearing and by experiencing the word of God. There's this public side of it. And the, the public side of it is that we need to sit under some kind of public teaching. What you guys are doing right here on a Sunday morning, coming to church and listening to people, listening to someone talk about the scriptures and rightly divide the ideas so that you can learn some kind of eternal truth. Some of you listen to podcasts or you'll re-listen to messages during the week. There needs to be this, this public exposure to the word of God. And, and really, I think even more so nowadays than ever, there are a lot of wild ideas out there. There is more ideas and more information than there's ever been in the human race. Or maybe it's just that everybody seems to have a platform to spout their own ideas and their, their, their own, you know, <clears throat> wackadoodle thoughts and theories. But, but there are just so many of them all around that if we're not careful, it's easy for us to get confused. At some point during your life and at some point during the week, you should have a predetermined time. There should, it should be a routine where you come and you are publicly exposed to the eternal truth, not somebody's wild ideas, but to the truth of Scripture, to the words of Christ, there needs to be this public exposure. To go along with that, that's the public side of it, there's also this, this private side of it. There's this, this, this way that we kind of uh, interact with Scripture that happens really personally, where we kind of soak it up. How do you personally, privately interact with Scripture? Some of you may have, have found a way. For, for me, there are really two ways that, that it's happened for me. The first way is, is college. I went to Bible college, and for those of you that aren't familiar with Bible college, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a college that's set aside, or, or it focuses on people who want to study the Bible and, and uh, practice vocational ministry for the rest of their life. So people like pastors and people who go overseas and become missionaries or youth pastors, children's pastors, even worship pastors, people who want to spend their lives doing this. So I went to Bible college, and to be honest, while I was there, I hated it. Um, I just went through 12 years of elementary, middle school, high school. I did not want any more school. I did whatever I could. To me, it was a detour. It was a small stop on the way to doing what I wanted to do with my life. But one thing came out of Bible college that, that I don't often take, uh, give credit to. I kind of take it for granted. It, it's that throughout Bible college, I, as we studied the scriptures, I learned this, this over, kind of overwhelming art to the scripture, the framework for scripture, if you will. I learned how the scripture works together. I learned that if you flip through, as some of us do, we kind of flip through the scriptures and, you know, we'll find a random passage in Esther or, or perhaps in 1 Kings and we'll read it and it's like, where, where does this fit in, right? There's no message, there's no uh, even word of God, there's no message of Jesus or faith. How does this tie into the, to the whole picture, to, to, to Jesus and, and what we learned about or what Jim talks about on Sunday mornings? 
I learned that at Bible college. I thought it was very valuable. I can look at the scripture and see how from Genesis to Revelation, it's all connected and it's all telling this, this one story that kind of goes through each of the books that, that reveals Jesus to us all. And I, I think it was absolutely invaluable. So the, the answer to the takeaway is you all need to go to seminary. <clears throat> and while I know that's not reasonable or, or maybe feasible for all of you, the truth is maybe for some of you, that's your next step. Maybe that, that is the path that God has you on, to, to go and to study the scriptures, to learn more about it. Maybe God's calling you to a life of ministry. Answer that call. Follow God. But for those of you that don't, that, that don't feel that calling, there are other ways for you to connect with scripture. And there's one I want to highlight this morning. We've kind of used this in-house for a few years. This is a company that started, I think, over a decade ago. And, and for years, they've been making these videos about scripture. It, it's simply the Bible Project. If you don't know the Bible Project... You should know the Bible Project. They make these short animated videos that, that uncover the truth of Scripture. They explain Scripture. So if you're studying the book of, of Ephesians, or like myself, I'm wrapping up a study in, in Romans. You watch the video on Romans, and it tells you who wrote it and who they wrote it to, and it kind of breaks the book down into sections, and here's what he meant here, and here's why this is so important to the whole theme of Scripture and what this means. You should, if, if you're interested in learning more about your faith, your personal, private study time, you should get familiar with the Bible Project. They have videos on almost every book of the Bible. So any book you're in, any passage you find. If you want to know how to read a Bible, they actually have a series on how to read the Bible, how you engage and how you begin to study and understand it. <clears throat> the idea here is you need to learn and understand the whole theme of Scripture, not to simply grab a verse and take it out. So people have done that for generations, and it's dangerous. That's not how the Scripture is meant to be studied. It's meant to be seen as a whole. What, did, what is God trying to tell us through his son, through his prophets, through, through the, the, you know, the, the kings and the judges, all the way up to Jesus, to his apostles? What's the message? And if you're not sure, get familiar with the Bible Project. It's an absolutely invaluable tool. As I said, my mentor, John, one of the things that I found so interesting about him is how he continues to study and how, how anytime you'd ask him a question, he would, he would kind of come back with, with this answer. As a matter of fact, my dad was a lot like this. My, my dad, over the years, I've talked about him here, but one of the things I've always admired about my dad is anytime I go to him and anytime I, I begin to ask these questions, hey, 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 hey dad, you know, well, tell me, what's your advice on marriage or what's your advice on finances or what's your, what's your advice on this or how do you not be overwhelmed with fear and anxiety? As a matter of fact, years ago, I remember writing him an email just personally where I was overwhelmed and I was struggling with anxiety. He said, how am I supposed to deal with this? And anytime I go to him with this question, he would, he would think about it for a minute and he'd come back with this answer. Jim, that reminds me of this verse or it reminds me of this passage and then he'd go into whatever that passage was. It's like every time, anytime you needed wisdom, the word of God, the word of Christ just came out of him. It was because it already lived in him richly. It dwelled in him richly. He knew his style. He had a style. And he knew his style, and he allowed the word of God to dwell in him. The same needs to happen for us. If we're engaging with Jesus and, and we're not sure how, learn your style. Allow the word of God to, to richly dwell within you. So the, the first idea I told you was from Bible college. The second idea, and really the first idea, although that's incredibly valuable for me, and I spent a lot of money learning that, that's not the most um, intuitive way. Really, it's not the most uh, important way that the scriptures have interacted with my life or that my faith really has interacted with the scriptures. The, the, really, the, the greatest way that's happened is when these, these little itty-bitty ideas that I read 
oftentimes. They, they just kind of spark an idea in my mind or, or the idea kind of takes root in my heart and it just begins to grow. And it begins to kind of spread out from there. It starts as something so small. I told you before, I'm not a journaler. I don't journal, but I love tech. So I'll make a little note in my phone about something I've read and I'll come back to it and I'll look at it over and over again. And it's like this, this little idea just begins to take root and it begins to, to get hold of me. And one of the things that I found incredibly helpful, and, and don't misunderstand me, this isn't something that you absolutely have to do, although I think there is biblical merit for it. One of the things that I found very helpful is memorizing scripture. You read Psalm 119, that's, if you don't know this, here's a little Bible trivia. That's the longest chapter in all of the Bible. Read Psalm 119, and over and over and over again, you hear him coming back to, dwell on the word of God, meditate on the word of God, let the word of God be in you. Over and over again, it, it, you have to understand the scripture, you have to understand what God is saying, and it needs to be part of you. Maybe for you, one of the greatest things you can do in your walk with Jesus and engaging with the scriptures is memorizing. Every great mentor I've ever had, anytime I've asked the question, their response has always come back from the scripture. Their response is always, well, I think, I think it reminds me of this, or the word of God says. One of, one of the greatest preachers to ever grace America, Billy Graham. You know what Billy Graham was known for? Over 75 times in every single one of his message, he would said, the Bible says. It always came back to the word of God. The word of God just came out of him. Let it come out of you. What's interesting is Jesus' time on earth. His time on earth was spent ministering to people who knew nothing about God. The greatest adversary in, in Jesus' time on earth was the people who knew the Bible. It was the people who had studied the Bible, and they had all the biblical information, but the Bible never took root in their heart. They didn't understand the message. They knew the words, but it never took root. One of the greatest things you can do as you continue to, to take steps in your relationship is to engage the word, to allow it to sink into your heart, to take root in your heart, and to begin to look at it, to begin to study it, to begin to memorize it. For the, those of you that are here, you, sometimes you need to find something uh, significant and meaningful and, and, and transformational in your life, and this is one of the things you can do. Don't just read the scriptures but memorize it. Allow it to become part of you. Soak it up so that when, when, when you need, it comes out. I want to tell you how, according to your style, we're going to spend the last few minutes, I'm just going to tell you how, according to your style, that we can begin to kind of interact with Scripture, that each of you, according to your style, can find the best ways, if you will, to connect with God. But before we, we kind of jump into that, I, I want to highlight just one of, of what, what I think is the, the simple most... Uh, I guess, informational, radical, important tools you can have in the 21st century. We're in 2021, and I think everybody should have this. If you don't have this yet, I think everybody should get this Bible app. And when I'm talking about the Bible app, I'm talking about the version Bible app. I know there are many others out there, but this is the one I use, so none others are, are as good as this. <clears throat> version Bible app, I think it's an amazing tool. It's, it's the Bible in, in your pocket. I mean, it's, and not only is it the Bible, one of the most amazing things about this app is it has like every translation you can think of. I, I like reading out of the CSB, that's the, uh, the, the Christian Standard Bible. I love the way that reads. I think it's, it's beautiful and it's brilliant. But when we teach out of here, more often than not, we teach out of the NIV, the New International. There's the NASB. There's the ESV for all of you intellectuals who like to study. There's the King James Version for all of you traditionalists. There is a translation for every kind of style, for every kind of temperament. It, it's filled with translations. But one of the things it also has that I think is brilliant are these reading plans. 
You can, you can sign up for a reading plan, and you can even invite your friends to be a part of the reading plan and study the scripture together. When the year started, all my brothers and I and, and my dad, we, we, we did this for months. We would find a, a reading plan that we would study together, and then we would get in the comments, and we'd share what the scripture meant to us or how we were applying it or maybe some of the struggles we had with what we were reading. And, and as we grew in our relationship with God, we grew in our relationship with each other as we studied the scripture and kind of wrestled through what that meant to us. I can't, I can't recommend this enough, the YouVersion Bible app. One of the great things that I've been doing recently with this is to, you take a scripture and you basically make a screenshot. You overlay it over an image and it just reminds you of that scripture so you can pray that scscripture. I have one on my phone right now. It's Zephaniah 3:17. This is a verse I've been praying over my daughters all the time. It's a verse I continue to come back to, and every time I turn my phone on, I see that verse, and I'm reminded. I look at the verse, and I read it again, and I'm going to read it again and read it again until it's memorized, until I, I can, from memory, just speak that verse and pray it over, over my child. As you're reading the scriptures, as you're reading it through the YouVersion Bible, highlight a scripture. Create it. Save it as the backdrop, as a wallpaper for your phone. If you're not techie, get a friend to do it. Hit YouTube. There are thousands of videos. But find ways to get the scripture inside of you. And this is one of the greatest tools. It's free. It's available to everyone on your tablet, your phone, your computer, whatever it is. Get it and make the scripture part of your life. Now we're going to look at, at styles. We all have a style. Hopefully you know what your style is by now. But how do we take your style and, and then connect it to the scriptures? How do we, we connect it to the staple of finding God and dwelling on God and dwelling on the scriptures richly? The first we're going to look at is a naturalist. So if you're a naturalist, you love God through the outdoors. And this is a, a, a really simple, even a practical one. One of the greatest things you can do is take the scriptures, take your phone or your tablet or a Bible, and go outside and read outside. Go, if you don't like sitting still, go for a walk. Almost every naturalist I know, they don't want to sit outside. They want to walk outside. They want to experience nature. Maybe get a physical version of the Bible because as you walk, you're going to lose cell phone reception. There'll be no Wi-Fi. You won't be able to use your phone. Get a little pocket-sized Bible and put it in your back pocket and go for a walk and pick out the scriptures and begin to read about God. Here's another thing you can do. When you come across a verse that you love, write it on like a little sticky note or a sticker and stick it to your, your Nalgene bottle. And I say Nalgene bottle because all of you naturalists, it's like a requirement. If you're a naturalist, you have a Nalgene bottle. Take your Nalgene bottle, put a little sticker on it that has a verse on it, and go for a walk. And every time you take a drink, look at that scripture and remind yourself of that scripture. A great place to start is Psalm 19. Psalm 19 talks about how God has revealed himself through his creation. Start there and read there and begin to memorize scripture. Put it where you're going to see it and begin to get it as a part of you. The second is sensates. Sensates love God through their senses. <clears throat> this is, is, is the, the kind of people that just need this tangible experience. So for you, maybe find a place that's beautiful. Find a place that, that, that's remote, that, that's just, it, it, it's your place. And go there and begin to read the scripture. Get a physical Bible because, you know, that's going to heighten your sense of touch. Begin to read through the scripture. And as it comes to places where it talks about uh, um, worship is like a pleasing aroma to God, light a candle or better yet, bake some cookies and then bring some by my house. Whatever you have to do to engage your senses. On the Bible app, when you, you highlight a scripture, you can hit a little, the little play button, and it actually reads the Bible to you. Maybe that would engage your hearing. A better app than that, actually, for reading scripture is one I found called Dwell. Dwell is awesome. It reads the scripture to you, and you get to select the voice. There's like 30 voices from different countries and different accents, male and female. You can play background music with it. My personal favorite is Felix. He's from South Africa, and listening, I can listen to him read all day. <clears throat> Get the Dwell app. Listen to somebody read the scripture. Let it heighten your senses and heighten the way you engage with scripture and you engage with God. Then there's traditionalists. 
Traditionalists are, are a little bit of a struggle because it, um, they love God through ritual and symbol. And if you haven't been a journey long, you realize we are not a real traditional church. So for you, the struggle might be more that I have to do this in my personal time than public because you're not going to experience it here. But I want you to lean into this. I want you to lean into the rituals or the symbols that, that capture your heart or capture your mind. Perhaps it's communion. Then begin to study. Why do we do communion? And how do we do communion? Who's supposed to do communion? Let, let these, the, the, the study of these rituals and these symbols, as you begin to study the scripture, engage your faith and activate your faith. Maybe it's the Christian calendar. The Christian calendar has been around for centuries throughout church history, and it has helped people take moments and seasons in their life to connect with God. Study the Christian calendar. Why do we have Advent? Why Lent? Why at this season? What are we supposed to do during those? Let the scripture speak into your faith as you begin to investigate who God is and what God means to you. The next are the ascetics. Ascetics love God through solitude and simplicity. As I've told you, this is one of, of my highest styles, and it, it's a challenge because for in our modern world, if you're a parent, if you have people living with you, roommates, <clears throat> finding alone time's hard. So you might have to wake up early, and as I told you, that's not my strength. So maybe like me, you have to stay up late, and after people go to bed and the house kind of quiets down, you pull out your, your scripture, your tablet, and you just begin to read and you begin to study. Go to a place where there are no distractions. Maybe you need a physical Bible because you need to go somewhere where there are no distractions. You can't use your phone because every time a notification pops up, it's a distraction and you get annoyed. Get a physical copy of the Bible and go someplace. That's your place. And read through the scriptures. I have a place for the rest of you ascetics. Do you? Where's your place? Where do you go to get away to engage with God? Maybe you're an activist. Activists love God through fighting for godly principles. These, the, these people just have this, this fight within them. They see all, all the ills and all the, the, the things that are wrong with society, and they have to bring an end to it. The danger of the temptation in, in this is to do the good work with or without God. So for all of you activists, you, sometimes you need to take a step back. And you need to begin to, to read the scriptures and study the scriptures. What does God say we should actually be fighting for? What does God have to say about orphans and widows and, and, and the people that you're out there trying to, to end all the ills of society? Begin to study the scriptures, and as the scriptures inform your faith, then take that faith and go out and begin to change the world. Let it activate your faith to change the world and, and fight for godly principles. But maybe you need to know what the godly principles are first. And on your way to fighting for godly principles, here's a great tip. Listen to some worship music to prepare your heart for what's about to happen so you're ready when you get there to activate your faith and change the world. Perhaps you're a caregiver. Caregivers love God through serving others. If that's you, then maybe you need to study the scriptures and see what God has to say about those who serve and those who are served. Maybe one of the greatest things you can do is to begin to read and study the scriptures and memorize the scriptures so that as you're serving and caring for people, you can pray the scriptures over the people you're serving and you're caring for. Or better yet, as you're serving and caring for people and you begin to interact in conversation to, to allow them or inform them of why you're there. And they might think you're just there because you're one of the random nice people of the world who wants to give of their time to care. You say, no, 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 I'm not that good. You see, I, I love Jesus and I know what Jesus did for me and that inspires me to love and care for you. That would make such an impact in someone's life. If you're a caregiver, Study and memorize those verses so that you're ready to give that answer when somebody asks why you're there. Maybe you're an enthusiast. We love God through mystery and celebration. We love to sing. We love the worship experience. We love, we love the, the, the noise and the emotion behind it. And that is awesome. 
But the danger in that is that Christianity only becomes emotional. And it's one emotional experience after emotional experience. Maybe for you, the greatest thing you can do is study the scriptures about the worshipers that God loves. God says, I love those who worship me in spirit, which would be kind of this emotional side, this exciting side, and truth. So we can't, res- we can't land our, our, our plane only on the emotional, experiential side of, of our faith, of experiencing God. But we need to know the truth behind it. So one of the things you can do is, are the songs you sing, begin to write them down and study. Where does this come from Scripture? And how does this mean, or where do they get this meaning? And how does this affect my life? And begin to understand those Scriptures and to read and to pray those Scriptures. This morning, we're going to sing one of my favorite songs, King of Kings. Where does that come from? I know, but I'm not going to tell you. For all of you enthusiasts, you have homework. Now go find where it comes from. Read the scriptures. Find out where the the, the lyrics to the song are coming from. And begin to understand those scriptures. Allow those scriptures to inform your faith. Then there's the contemplatives. These love God through adoration. Now there's not much I can say about the contemplatives because your own wiring is what everyone else thinks is the right way to connect with God. You're the person that wakes up at 4.30 in the morning and you get your Bible and your journal and your coffee and you go pray and you spend two hours in God's presence and that's awesome. And, and <clears throat> there's not a whole lot I can say except for, for two quick things. One, that can become a ritual and that can become a routine and eventually that can become a rut. So over time, as you're continuing to, to spend all this time with God, change it up a little bit. Get a different translation of the Bible. Find a different spot than your front porch. Drink something else besides Starbucks coffee. I hear unrest is pretty good. <laughs> Change up your routine a little bit. Here's, here's a real practical way. <clears throat> There's something called writing a copy of the scriptures or scrolling the scriptures. As you're reading the, the Bible, take out your journal and just begin to write what you're reading. Seriously, as you, if you're reading 1 Kings, begin to write the passage of 1 Kings. And write it out until you come across an idea that you feel God's speaking to you. And then when you hit that idea, stop for a minute and meditate on it and try to understand, God, what does this mean to me? What are you saying? And how do I have to live that out? Just begin to write the scripture in your own journal. Maybe by the end of it, you'll have your own handwritten copy of the Bible. And how cool would that be? Maybe you're an intellectual. Intellectual is my strongest uh, style. That's loving God through their mind and understanding. And if you're an intellectual, you you love learning more about God, which is a great thing. God loves that that your, your mind is opened up. And perhaps you weren't like me, didn't have the opportunity to go to Bible college or seminary. But if you love diving into the scriptures and reading the scriptures, then you need to get familiar with some of the study tools that are available for you. There's the the Logo software or something I use every week. It's called Bible Hub. You can get the app or go to the website, biblehub.com. Not only does this have a multitude of translations, it has the Greek and the Hebrew and concordances and studies and and, and parallel Bibles. And it it is an incredible tool that I use almost every week as I continue to study the scripture. If you're an intellectual and you like to study, get familiar with Bible Hub. It's a free tool that's available to you to, to take your style and begin to engage your style with the faith that God has provided for you. What's your style? There are so many ways. We could spend hours and hours just walking through so many ways that you can connect. These are just a few. But my hope for you is that over time, you'll begin to explore and to experiment and find your way. Know your style. Head out to that website. Find what your style is. And then begin to explore and to experiment. What are ways that I find connecting with God the best? How do you connect with God the best? That's ultimately the answer or the question that you have to have an answer to. Now, all of that's amazing, but I want to close with the conclusion to this illustration. We had this glass of water and the sponge, and believe it or not, this is not because I get really hot and I need to cool myself off during a message. 
um, we talked about the, the water representing the word of God. <clears throat> and as I pick this sponge up and I begin to, to squeeze this sponge, I, I'm going to ask you a question, but I don't want you to answer this out loud. As I squeeze the sponge and the water comes out, I, I want you to answer the question, why is the water coming out of that sponge? And some of you are going to think, well, it, you know, it's because you squeezed it. The, the truth is, no, it's because the water was already in it. And, and the point of that is this. <clears throat> You're going to be squeezed. Life is going to squeeze you if it hasn't already. For some of you, it may have happened before. For some of you, it may be right around the corner. Or, or perhaps for some of you, you're experiencing that right now. Life is squeezing you. And there's anxiety and there's stress and there's, there's lust and there's depression. And maybe there's a bad health report or, or God forbid, something tragic happened in your family. And, and, and as, as it has happened, the squeeze came on. And it got harder. As a matter of fact, this is going to happen to all of us. Jesus pretty much guarantees it. In John 16, he says, In this life, you will, not may have, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. Life will get hard and life will begin to squeeze. But when it squeezes, what comes out of you? You see, if the word of God isn't living in you richly, then all that's coming out when, when the squeeze comes on, as it inevitably will, is your wisdom and your understanding. And I gotta be honest, although you're really smart, after 41 years of living, here's what I've learned. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. And my wisdom and my understanding and my abilities isn't enough to win. It isn't enough to walk victoriously. And if the word of God isn't in you, when, when, it be, when life begins to squeeze, then all that comes out is what you already know. And the truth is, if we're all being completely honest, we don't know everything, do we? So what do we do? For some of you, you've had the same battles for year after year after year after year. And you get the same results year after year after year after year. Maybe you need to do something different. Maybe you need to let the word of God dwell in you richly. And stop trying to fight the battle on your own. The battle will come. Life will get hard. It'll squeeze. But what comes out? That's what you ultimately have to answer. See, the question isn't if it's going to happen. The question is when is it going to happen? Maybe it's, it's a bad job experience. Maybe it's a bad relationship. Maybe you know, it's another money problem that, that just continues to come up. And, and we thought we dealt with it, but it's back again. Maybe things in, in, in my personal life, they just haven't clicked. And over years, it, not only are they not clicking, they're just kind of beginning to crumble and fall apart. And you find yourself asking the question, it, am I alone in this? I mean, is, is anybody there? Does anybody love me? What if in those moments where you can't sleep at night because you're so overwhelmed with anxious fear, it, it just plagues you or it wakes you up at night and for hours you're in bed and your mind's racing because there's, there's all these worries about the world and, and what's happening in the world and, and, and you just can't wrap your head around it. What if in those moments the first thing that came out of you was this? Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What if that was the first thing that came out? 
What if when life began to squeeze, it wasn't your wisdom and your understanding and, and your way, but it was God's wisdom and God's understanding and his way that is above all understanding? What if the scripture dwelt in you so richly that when it squeezed, the word of God came out, the words of Christ flowed from you? So here's a challenge. We're about to start a new month next week. What if in June you just took one month to get one scriptural idea in you? What if it was this idea? What if, what if that is your battle? You struggle with anxiety. You may not memorize the whole Bible, and I'm not asking you to memorize a million scriptures or to have the Bible down in a week. You got you to gotta know it or you can't move forward. But what if you just took one month and you said, for one month I'm going to get one idea, and what if it's that idea? And maybe you're a father of daughters, and like me, it's, it's Zephaniah 3.17. I'm going to get that one idea in me, and I'm going to pray it over my kids every night till they're sick of hearing it, and God's sick of hearing it, and I'm sick of saying it. But that when life comes in, it squeezes, as it inevitably is going to do, that's what comes out of me, that prayer, that scripture. What if you just took June? You said, I'm just going to get one idea. And then July would roll around. You say, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get one more idea. I'm going to read it, and I'm going I'm to write a note, and I'm going to put it on my Nalgene bottle, or I'm going to put it in my car, or I'm going to save it as the wallpaper myself, and I'm going to put it on my mirror, wherever your style is, wherever it takes you. And I'm going to look at it over and over and over again until it's in me richly. What if you didn't only do June and July, but what if you took every month for the next year, and that by this time next year it rolled around, and you don't have a, a thousand scriptures memorized, but you have 12. And you have 12 that are so key and so fundamental and so important to you and to your life and to your faith. What would happen the next time life comes around and squeezes? What's coming out of you that time? You see, we live in a fallen and a broken world. And, and, and to be honest, it's like everybody has gone mad. It feels dark and it feels disturbing. And, and, and the truth is, if you've studied scripture, we know this, it's only gonna get worse. I mean, here's just some practical wisdom. Don't turn on the news. It's just disturbing. Don't turn on your computer. It's just, dis I mean, it's like, literally, it's like everybody has gone mad. It's like everybody's wrong and everybody's an idiot and everybody's angry and everybody hates. That's just my personal opinion. That's not scriptural. But that's what it feels like. And you might find yourself when you're reading it, God, is there any hope? I mean, does everybody just hate everybody? Is there any hope for the world? You see, your answer will be no. Unless the word of God, unless something different is living on the inside of you. Something different is taking root inside your heart and inside your mind. Unless the word of God richly dwells in you. You may not be able to master this in a month. You may not be able to master it in a year. But you got to start somewhere. You got to be willing to take a step. So my challenge to you is, would you take a step? Would you start today? Get one scripture. Memorize that scripture. Make it a part. Write it down. Get one of those three by five note cards. That's what I, I keep a pack in my little bag and I write scriptures in it all the time and I stick them in places that annoy my wife to no end. But I see it and it reminds me. Remind yourself. Let it dwell in you richly. Perhaps you don't know your style yet. Maybe this is your first time here or you've been holding out. Head out to our website. Discover your style, journeymain.com. Click on that little tag, my style. Learn your style. Learn how God has wired you to connect with him and then filter that through the staples of prayer and scripture reading and begin to understand. Yes, you have style, 
how does your style connect to God? How do you best connect with God? There's a way. And for some of you, you may have spent years feeling, no, it doesn't work. I, I, I can't do it. I'm just not sure how. Allow this to show you. Allow the word of God to inform your faith. Take a step. Start today. I'm going to pray for us. If you would, just bow your head and close your eyes. They're going to come up and get ready to sing. But I, I, before I even pray, maybe, maybe for you sitting here today, maybe you're, you're sitting at home and you've listened to the message. Do you think, Jim, that, that, all that's great, but I just don't know where to start. Maybe your start today is simply to just tell God, God, I want to start. God, I want your word to be a part of me. I am, life is squeezing me, God, even right now, and I don't know what to do. I want your word to inform. I want your words, the words of Jesus, to inform me. Maybe you just have to tell God, God, I'm ready to start today. Father, I pray for every person here, Lord. I pray that as we've heard this message and as, as encouraging, Lord, as it can be, God, it's also deeply challenging. God, for some of us, we've spent years and we just felt like we could never get our feet underneath us and, and, and the, the idea of Scripture and how the Scripture interacts with us and our faith. God, I pray that this would be the start of something new. God, that as we uncover our style and how we connect to you, God, that we would then begin to discover how the Scriptures connect to that and connect us to you even more. God, I pray you'd give us the courage to, this morning to take that step and say, God, if, if I'm part of that 90% or that 99% who, who hasn't connected or who can't find the way, I want to start today. And God, would you give us the wisdom as we begin to experiment and explore ways to connect to you, God, to find our way, maybe to find our place. God, to find that spot in nature, to find that, that nonprofit that we need to be a part of and we need to help work with, to find that person we can care for. God, to find that way to engage our senses, to find that book we need to study, or God, to find those few hours in the morning or in the evening. Whatever it may be, God, whatever style we have, would you give us the wisdom to begin, God, exploring and experimenting how our faith can interact with you through Scripture. And God, as we do, would you allow that Scripture to become part of us, to dwell in us richly, so that the next time life comes, God, and it will, that the thing that comes out of us, God, is you is your words, and it's your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.